the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon and greetings. Thanks for coming along today, the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. It's another gorgeous day here in the city of Pittsburgh, just absolutely fabulous. I guess this truly is, would you call this Indian summer, yep. right? I think it is. Indian summer. I think is Indian it summer. Can you say that now? Farewell. Remember when I started singing that? You said you'd never heard Indian Summer. I don't know what you're talking about. You've never heard Ella sing Indian Summer. No, I have not. No. Mm -mm. It's so beautiful. Sorry. And I'm a fan. Well, maybe I heard it, but just, you know. Oh, but, oh, my God. Anyway, I feel like Ella was singing about an 80 degree day, Mm -hmm. not a 65. So I know I sound ungrateful. I think so. Tomorrow it's going to be 70. So. Is it really? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm going to do tomorrow? Hmm. Uh, If I can't, well, I'm going to get up early Hmm. and I'm going to try to cover. My porch furniture. What do you mean try? Well, because I have a lot of work to do tomorrow, and so I'm not sure I'm gonna, going to get it all done. Do you have little um, yeah. covers for yeah. them? Mm-hmm. But you know, they have to be. You have to tie them down. You have to like batten the hatches. Right. You have to, you know, take all the cushions off. Right. You have to vacuum them all. You have. It's like a big procedure. Deal. And then whenever you do the unve- unveil in spring, do you do, repeat the process? Yes. Oh my god, that's an awful lot. You got to take. Well, the, why don't you just got to take the leaves off? You have to take all of the. Well, don't detritus. do it twice. Why don't you just? Because if you're going to do it in the springtime, just do it one time in the springtime. How bad can it be now? It's bad because it's because they've been out, you know, since spring, and so it need, needs a good cleaning, John. Okay. You're the you're Mister Clean. You understand this? I try to be. I do. Anyway, it's like it's a little redundant. We, we're just going to put ours away. Well, we're, we're, but I don't have any place to put them. Right. Where do you, where do you put yours? In your pod. Um, in the <laughs> in shed. Pod. I mean, um, no. in the basement. Look, I don't need pod jokes, you guys. Okay. Right. In the pod. You put you put your furniture in the basement. Yeah. Your porch furniture. Mm-hmm. Wow. My, I, I could never get mine down the steps with the help of my children. Wow. And okay, so, that's impressive. Such is life. I wish that your children would come to my house and help me. Very nice. But anyway, ha- happy Indian summer to all mm-hmm. of our, our brethren here. In the broadcasting Native American summer? Mm-hmm. Yes. Katha, okay. uh, as you always do, you, you get underway with the, the news stories of the day, the top story. So without further ado, please give us the top four at four. All righty. You asked for it for Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Mm-hmm. My left channel is breaking up in my ear. Number one. It's your business. Russia deployed strategic bombers to Belarus airspace today amid escalating tensions between Belarus and Poland over a surge of migrants at their shared border and the positioning of several thousand Polish troops on EU's eastern flank. Now, have you read about this story, John? I have. This is really curious. So uh, the European Union, the U.S. and NATO have all accused Lukashenko, who is the leader of Belarus, of manufacturing this migrant crisis, Mm -hmm. of pushing people out of his own country, pushing them towards the Polish border and crying foul. Right. I mean, 
And then the Polish prime minister just a few hours ago said that Russia is actually the puppet master here. It's not really Lukashenko. So all the actors involved are not really the best actors, are they? None of the actors no. are good actors. There's a lot of bad things going on. No. There. And the people who are the victims are the poor migrants that are being pushed yeah. from one nation into another. Funny how that works. It's like it was I mean, in, no, you know, funny. like it was in 1942, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's from the Wall Street Journal today. Okay, number two. An order by Pennsylvania's acting health secretary that requires masks inside K-12 through schools and child care facilities was thrown out today. Mm. John, okay. thrown the heck out by a state court that said she lacked the authority. According to the TRIB, Commonwealth Court sided 4-1 with the ranking Republican in the state Senate. Um, now, here's the thing. Um, the judges expressed no opinion regarding the science or efficacy of mask wearing or the politics underlying what they call the considerable controversy the subject continues to engender. And State Rep. Jesse Topper from Bedford, who sued alongside Senate President uh, Jake Corman, said it really wasn't about masks at all. What was it about? It's <laughs> a good question to ask, right? Yeah. You want to hear what he said? What did he say? Uh, it was about the idea of imposing a mandate like this on a healthy population of children outside any of the regulatory process that would normally have to go through or any of the legislative process you would normally have to go through. So I don't know what that means. So, so they, they, they said it was unconstitutional. But I bet all the kids still went to school today and wore masks sure. and are going to do the same thing tomorrow. I have no idea. I wish I could be in a pod and you could wake me up five years from now. Well, funny. I've got a pod Put in my driveway. In a, I'll go into that you pod. You guys can come on over. Give me some bread and water. Number three. You know, John, my ongoing interest in weird animal stories. <laughs> I do. I do know that you like a weird animal. Okay, and well, there's plenty of those to go around. The one for today is about a 60-year-old Australian man who escaped the jaws of a large crocodile. Do you know how he did it? He stabbed the crocodile repeatedly in the head with his pocket knife as it dragged him oh. into a river. Oh. Yes. Now that's a fortunate man. So listen, a 13 to 15 foot crocodile had this guy in its jaws. Authorities said the odds of escaping the grip of a crocodile that big are about zero. The man had gone fishing on his property and shoot away a bull. From a riverbank, you know, a cow, so he could take over the spot. Yep. And then the crocodile struck. He described seeing the crocodile seconds before it lunged at him, knocking him over as he was about to cast his fishing rod. But he re- he managed to retrieve his belt, or his, his uh, knife from his belt at the last minute and attack the crocodile back. But it's until a pocket it knife go. It's against a, pocket. a 15-foot-long exactly, crocodile. Exactly. Again, another reason why I'm happy to live in Pittsburgh. Can you believe that? No, it'd be horrible. It's amazing. So he's in stable condition, though apparently he says he's traumatized. You, who wouldn't would, be, traumatized? You be traumatized? Are you kidding me? Crying out loud. Uh, so people think, authorities think that the crocodile was going after the bull and the guy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Or just it should have gone away and fished later in the day. Number four. Malala, who at 17 became the youngest ever Nobel Peace Prize laureate, was married in England yesterday, more than nine years after she was shot in the head by the Taliban as a teenager. What? Malala is 24 years old now. She married Asr Malik, a manager for the Pakistan Cricket Board, at a small Islamic ceremony called a Nika, she said on Twitter. Both of their families attended the ceremony in Birmingham, England. She wore a pink dress. Fabulous. What a great story. And that is your top four at four. Outstanding. Congratulations. That's some really isn't good that, news. Isn't it wonderful? I mean, really, in a world of hollow heroes, Malala, she's tops. You know what she said? Hmm. Quote, Today marks a precious day in my life. Of course it does. I mean, she was 
Nine stood years. Up or something. So, so the brave. wedding, the wedding was more than nine years after she survived an assassination attempt by the Taliban. Wow. After she was attacked, she and her family uh, were transferred to Britain for medical treatment because she was so severely um, injured. And then just last year, fast forward, she graduated from Oxford, where she completed the philosophy, politics, and economics degree, one of the university's most prestigious. Wow, from Oxford. See, this is cool because we always talk about, when we talk about kids in third world countries, the untapped potential. Isn't she? And there it is. The, she's the real thing. Yes. She is the, the essence real. essence of untapped potential. She is the real thing. Those who walk among us. That's fabulous. We'll take a, a quick break and reset. Uh, you don't want to miss this. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the other side of pornography. Um, what does this look like if you're a woman, your husband has been addicted to porn for some time? This is a story from a woman who's lived it, and she's got great support for you ahead. 101.5 WORD. As a teenager, Ray McKelvey had someone ask him a question that rocked his world. A friend said to me, is your dad's name Charles Bush? And I said, no, I've never even heard of a Charles Bush. And he said, my mom said your dad's name is Charles Bush. We'll hear from Ray McKelvey what it was like growing up blended and ultimately being blindsided. Next time on Family Life Today with Dave and Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters. Stop the aggressive collection actions and stop the irs collectors from targeting you ask optima about the fresh start initiative one of the biggest breaks the irs has ever offered if you qualify you could save thousands and nobody knows this program better than they do optima is a plus rated with the better business bureau and they get results having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients get a fresh start call today for your free consultation call 800-965-1433 800-965-1433 800-965 Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Do you know how much you're really paying for life insurance through work? I can almost guarantee you're overpaying for limited coverage. I'm Joel Clark, a select quote agent for over 20 years. My clients are shocked to learn how expensive life insurance at work really is because of a rate that's driven up by unhealthy people. Why pay more when you don't have to? For over 35 years, SelectQuote has helped people save 50% or more by shopping highly rated insurance carriers. I even found a 40-year-old man with high blood pressure, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Don't wait. Workplace open enrollment is here. Let SelectQuote save you money and get you the coverage you need to protect your family. For your free quote in just minutes, call 1-800-659-8080. That's 1-800-659-8080. 1-800-659-8080. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Full details on example policy and carrier ratings at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Price could vary by health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care, Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. 
Addiction to pornography, it's just one of those things that's just difficult to talk about. It just is. I mean, there are just, there's so many issues of shame and embarrassment and uh, uncomfortability. Yeah. And, and fear, fear, anger, and confidentiality. You um, name it. You know, it, it's just, it, but you know, we, we've talked about this issue multiple times on the show. In fact, most recently. Two weeks ago, Ray Ortland joined us, and Ray Ortland, you may know that name, wrote a wonderful piece called The Death of Porn, Men of Integrity Building a World of Nobility. And, you know, often I think the thing is, on this show at least, much to our our regret, that when we talk about pornography, we always talk about it from a man's perspective. Right. So in and our that reading... Bo- and that book that Ray wrote is actually written to both is written to to a young man. Right, to a son. It's about men and women. Mm-hmm. But when we were talking about it after the interview, grateful for that just his take on it and his kindness and mercy in talking about the issue, but clarity as well. That's when you and I started talking about, yeah, but what about the other side? Right. And yeah. it is surprising that how somehow I, I guess it's just a blind spot. I, I've had a blind spot about it. And again, it's just awkward and difficult because there's so much involved. So we're happy to have Rosie McKinney with us today. Uh, Rosie's the founder of Fight for Love Ministries, which is a team of passionate women committed to bringing hope and truth to other women battling porn in their relationships. The Ride Home is streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh. If you'd like to watch the show, Rosie McKinney is joining us on Zoom. Rosie, welcome in. How are you? Hi, Rosie. I'm very good. Thank you for inviting me here today. Yeah, so I saw you nodding your head as I was saying those things. It's just, it's hard to talk about, and um, this is your life, and this is something that you and your husband have lived. So I guess let's start our time together with you telling your story. Okay, so my story is actually split into two halves, actually over two relationships, one before becoming a Christian and one after becoming a Christian. So before I was saved, I was in a relationship, long-term relationship with an unrepentant porn addict. And I tried everything to get rid of this invisible enemy that I just felt was making him dissatisfied, was making some very weird things happen in the bedroom that I thought, I don't think that's normal, but I don't know because nobody talks about this. Um, And all my spidey sense was going, I think this is all linked to the stuff that I've just found on the computer. And I really didn't know what to do. I really just, I I looked to the world, which said, you know, just embrace it, compete with it. Actually, you might find this liberating and empowering and, you know, will spice up your relationship. And yet it didn't. And things got worse and worse. And he um, was just angry that I was looking. And the only problem that we had was really that I had a problem with it. Mm. Um, and things just got worse and worse as um, his behavior got worse and my heart got progressively more broken. So that all fell apart. And then fast forward a little bit, I start going to church to try and sort out my life. And I become a Christian and I met the guy who's going to be my husband. And, you know, you have that conversation, don't you? Like, what happened in your last relationship? So I tell him, you know, well, I think, you know, he was a porn addict. You know, if that's even a thing, I, it was definitely you know, definitely messing up our relationship. And and so my husband-to-be, Mark, says, you know, goes a bit quiet and says, you know what, I've struggled with this in the past and I need to tell you, but I've sought help. It's under control. 
it's not going to be a problem. So although I was kind of like, oh, really? There was a part of me that was like, well, this is a completely different scenario. Here's a guy who doesn't want it. He acknowledges that it, you know, it's not acceptable. He sought help. This is not going to be a problem. Plus, I'm a Christian. You know, he's been a pastor. Obviously, it's not going to be a problem, is it? And very soon, like honeymoon soon, it was apparent that this invisible enemy that I had been fighting in the previous relationship was there and even worse. And I just had what I now know is a trauma reaction to like, I can't do this again. I cannot go round this desperately hopeless cycle again. And even though I had given up my job and my family and my friends to move 6,000 miles to, to marry this guy, I was like, enough. I cannot do this. You are getting help or that's it. I mean, I desperately wanted to run, but God had sort of put me in this, you know, prison to set me free a tree house in California with a recovering sex addict. Um, and I had to, you know, I had to hang in there and go into this recovery process because I got nowhere else to go. So inadvertently, I did exactly the right thing, which is draw that firm line in the sand, set that firm boundary. But I didn't know what I was doing. I only did it because I'd learned everything in a previous relationship the hard way. And I felt like I got no choice. Like I need to bring in professional help I can't fix this. You can't fix this. We need help. And I was quite adamant, like, you are fixing this or that's it. I love you too much to let this take us down. And you can have pornography or you can have me, but you can't have both. Hmm. So, Rosie, you use the word trauma. Uh, That's very powerful. And I believe there's a lot of truth to that word. So your trauma, and it was not the trauma of your own making. This was something that was put upon you. It was great that you recognized the trauma and were able to take mm-hmm. first steps. Well, I didn't at the time, but now, you know, now I've done all my research and spoken to many, many women and many, many therapists um, about this. It's absolutely fascinating what happens in the wife's brain because we understand now we're we're, we're sort of getting there with our public awareness that porn hijacks the user's brain. We sort of get our head around that and go, okay, it's doing something to the neuro biology of the brain we get that but what we don't understand is that it's actually hijacking her brain and traumatizing her because when there is a rupture in your relationship with your primary attachment figure the brain registers it as a primal survival threat you literally start panicking because there's this rupture and people find that highly validating you know i wasn't overreacting Mm. and my brain is registering you looking at these other women as though you're physically being unfaithful to me. And that's what's so um, empowering for wives to grasp Mm. is that it's not just the betrayal, it's the deception that is going to actually devastate you and destroy your trust and your relationship. Rosie McKinney's with us, founder of Fight for Love Ministries, a team of women committed to bringing hope and truth to other women battling porn in their relationships. I'm holding up Rosie's book here called Fight for Love. Uh, Rosie, so you're saying that women who are um, in relationships with men who are porn addicts feel often that it's their fault, that there's something that they could do or something they should do to fix it? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. They, they did a study and it, it turned out that 76% of Uh, partners of porn addicts at some point believe that it is their fault. And let's face it, the advice that we're given often in the church does kind of reinforce that. Like, Okay, talk about that. What what are we saying? What messages are we promoting that would make someone like you think it was your fault? 
Well, things like um, you can help him avoid temptation. If mm-hmm. you make yourself always sexually available and you spice things up and you up your game, you can actually, um, you, can, you can compete with it. They are interchangeable. This pornographic, isolated, voyeuristic experience that creates these crazy chemicals in your brain can actually be a substitute for an intimate sexual encounter with your spouse. It's like they're completely different. And the other message that we get apart from just have more sex with them, that'll, that'll stop him acting out. It really doesn't work. Um, is that somehow if you create an environment that is so loving, if you are as graceful, as forgiving, as um, unconditionally loving as you possibly can be, the guy will feel so loved and it will help him you know, cope with the shame of doing this. And somehow he won't feel he needs to act out. But this is completely missing the point that, that pornography is providing, it's a coping mechanism. Pornography isn't actually the problem. It's the solution to this deeper problem, which is an intimacy disorder. Mm. So you can't just take away his coping mechanism that he's learned probably early on, probably as a teen, maybe earlier. This is how his brain got wired. This is how you cope with whatever you're going through. You can't just say to him, stop doing it because he doesn't know how to cope with life. So you actually have to replace it with something. And that is intimate relationships with other guys so that you learn to cope with those uncomfortable feelings Hmm. so you can't you can't compete with it you're not a substitute for it and you cannot create this loving environment where he's not going to need to use his coping mechanism you you can't take all the stresses of his life out they're always going to be there and he needs to find a way to deal with them so, Rosie, you said an intimacy disorder. Now, you're not suggesting that, you know, the guy just needs more guy friends to hang out with. Well, not just guy friends. He needs a very specific form of fellowship. And often you just can't find this outside of a therapist's office until you know what you're trying to create. Mm. So this is um, walking 100% in the light, past, present, going forward. And, uh, you know, that's a biblical, isn't it? You know, walk in the light as he is in the light. And then we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, will cleanse us from our sin. You have to be brutally honest. But who's ever really brutally honest? Unless you're sitting in that recovery room going, I have to tell you all this because otherwise I'm going to act out. And then I'm going to lose my wife. And then I'm going to lose my job. It forces you to actually obey the Bible. And that's why this is like a really weird, special gift that you never knew you needed Um, so there is, it isn't that he just needs more guy friends because let's face it, his guy friends probably aren't going to understand. I know. Well, they're the same. Well, yeah. And they're doing it. And also they're kind of like, well, just do it for an hour. What's your problem? You know, just, you know, just stop it. And it's like, no, you don't understand. You know, an addict's brain has been hijacked. They are in bondage. Um, they literally cannot think straight and all the neuroscience is there to, to show that they, Literally, not only are they highly addicted and sensitized to these pornographic cues, but their br- the, the gray matter of their brain has shrunk. The prefrontal cortex is no longer functioning properly. They can't make rational decisions when those cravings start. So it's not just a question of, I've just got to be around a supportive group of guys who understand. It's like, yeah. no, you need a group of guys who are going to hold your feet to the fire. 
That's Rosie McKinney. She's the founder of Fight for Love Ministries, a team of women committed to bringing hope and truth to other women battling porn in their relationships. I'm holding up Rosie's book right now here on Zoom. Rosie McKinney. It's called Fight for Love. Rosie, we need to take a break. If you can stay with us, we'll be back in just a couple. Stay with us. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through dollar bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windows windowsaroundspittsburgh.com. Hi, we're Katie and Ryland Weber, the founders of Convive Coffee. For more than five years, the heart of Convive has been to serve our community by sharing life and great coffee together. Sourcing beans from around the world, Convive Coffee samples and roasts right here in Pittsburgh. Come visit your local Convive Cafe at Adam's Shops in Mars, McCandless Crossing, and Butler Street in Lawrenceville. We hope to see you soon at Convive Coffee. Whether you're vaccinated or not, it's important to know the symptoms of COVID and its variants. Fever is the leading sign of COVID and the flu, so make sure you use an accurate thermometer. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no clinical evidence behind them and are not reliable. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Learn more at exergen.com. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Lay the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 46. It'll be mild tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a high tomorrow of 66. Rain tomorrow night with a low of 45. Friday, some sunshine. Then it will turn cloudy and cooler. We'll see a high Friday of 54. 
For Saturday, cloudy and cooler with a shower in spots, high 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The book is called Fight for Love. Author Rosie McKinney's with us. We're talking about um, her experience uh, married to a uh, pornography addict, her experience trying to find a way out, her experience seeing that once her husband acknowledged his problem, he had a lot of support around him and she didn't have any around her. Right. So, Rosie, what's really interesting is as we found you, we also found your podcast, which is fascinating. Mm -hmm. There's women around the table all sharing their experience, their strength and their hope with each other. I mean, this is like a home run, I believe. And we'll talk about that, about how to access a little bit later. But, you know, in your own personal story, you said, you know, you drew the line. I'm going to draw the line here and we're going to force this issue. So in this long journey, and of course, our time is limited, you talk about this dual aspect of grace and boundaries within the relationship. Please go into that. The passion for doing this is to encourage, equip, empower women to do early intervention as soon as they know this is an issue, as opposed to crisis management when you have been trying to fix this on your own for years and you just get to that desperate place that, and you issue this horrible ultimatum because you don't know what else to do. It's like, I can't stay. I can't go. I, I, you know, I need something to change. And I'm saying, let's not do that. Let's empower each other. Those of us who've been through it can empower those who are going through it with the truth of what is actually going on in their situation and what is the trajectory of what's going to happen if you keep your head buried in the sand. And so we can reach our husbands with a message of truth, but also grace, because if you get to it early enough and you and you start to um, educate yourself with what is going on in his brain and why he is doing this repeated behavior, even though he knows how much you hate it. Because it's really hard to get your head around the fact like, you, you know that I hate this and you say you love me mm-hmm. and you say it's not because of how I look or what I'm doing, but that doesn't make any sense. So when you educate yourself and it does help you take that step backwards and go, okay, we have got a hole in the boat. I now know what a process addiction is. If he was gambling, I wouldn't try and cure this by giving him a suitcase of cash. You'd, you'd understand mm-hmm. that actually this is the thrill that's produced in his head when he's doing it. And once you understand that that's the same with pornography, you go, okay, so giving him more sex is not going to help. Being more graceful is not going to help. Actually, what I need is a firm boundary. Like we need to sort this out. I love you too much. I love us too much. I love me and my, you know, our children too much to, to not acknowledge what is really going on. So can we work together to fight this? And that's where the grace comes in because you're acknowledging that, yes, he's broken in this way. He didn't choose to blow up, you know, his life and the relationship. This was something that his brain maladapted to as he probably found it at a young age and that you're, you know, equally broken, but in different ways. I don't know what you're, you know, is going on for you, shopping, Netflix. I don't know. I don't know. And it just helps you become allies as as opposed Mm. to adversaries, even Mm. though it really hurts. And you have every right to be righteously angry. You really do. He is betraying you and deceiving you. And if his brain is significantly adult, he will continue to do this in, you know, early recovery. And it's really hard. But my, you know, and we found that it's working now. Women are able to stand up early and come alongside their husbands without 
you know, blame or shame and just say, look, we've not really had this conversation before. I'm feeling detached from you and distant. And there's just things that aren't adding up. Can we have this conversation? What is your relationship with pornography? When was the last time you looked at it? Because I've listened to, you know, John and Kathy on the radio and they talked about this and you can start that conversation. But the one thing I'd say before you get there, there are two steps that you need to do beforehand and that's educate yourself so that you are you are confident. So if there's any pushback, like I got, like he gets angry or tries to blame you, you actually stand firm and go, no, 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 no. I've listened to the podcast. I've read the book. This isn't my fault. You're not going to pull that one on me. That's just addict brain speaking. And the other one is get support. So um, we have created a online Facebook group. Um, that's like the first baby step. It's not like true recovery. It's like sort of pre-recovery. Okay. We come alongside you and we just love on you and go, yep, we've done that. We're here for you. We'll be praying for you. Um, until you are both ready or even you on your own are ready to make that step into recovery, right. at which point you bring in the big guns and you access the counselors, the therapists, the, re- the recovery groups and the ministries that are out there ready to help you. And that's recovery for both parties, you're saying, yeah. for for the man and the woman. And that's a big step, Rosie, because I imagine for a lot of women, they feel like I'm the only one who right. is suffering through this. My shame is unique to only me. No one else can understand this. I can't talk it to I I can't talk to, to my best friend about this. Certainly not my pastor. So I live in that shame and nothing's going to change. That's exactly it and that is we've all felt like that like we're the only marriage that is dealing with this. And then when you look at the statistics and you realize that 55% of Christian married men are regularly using porn and one in 10 is doing it every day you realize that there are hundreds of thousands of women out there dealing with this and hundreds of women who have dealt with this and who want to hold your hand through this. They are out there. And once you just see the faces of the other women, you go, first of all, you go, they're beautiful. What is wrong with their husbands? And the second time you, the second thing is just this validation because all the crazy feelings that you're feeling like I hate him and he's doing this, but I love him. It's really You need other women who are going through it to actually understand that the sort of mixed emotions that you're feeling all the time. Well, Rosie, I can't thank you enough for being here today. It's been terrific to meet you. And uh, let me hold up Rosie's book here for those of you who are watching online. It's called Fight for Love. Author Rosie McKinney's been with us. Rosie, for people who want to find out more about Fight for Love Ministries, um, tell us how they in the podcast. How can they get in touch with you? So the website is called fightforloveministries.com. We have a podcast called Fight for Love and the Facebook group is called Fight for Love Fellowship. And you work and you and your husband are involved in this together? We are. He's a CSAC. He's a certified sexual addictions therapist. So he's in the trenches dealing with couples all day long. So happy to have met you today, Rosie. Excellent job. Thank you so much. Fight for love. W-O-R-D. When God created us, he had a purpose for our lives. I'm Alan Jackson. I have the privilege of joining you each weekday to open our Bibles together. The Bible tells us that God has made us what we are. And in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. 
Join me and let's see what God has for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 930, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. Over the river and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. Remember those old-fashioned holidays when the pace was slower and the food all tasted like grandma had been cooking all day just for you? You know what? She probably did. You know what else? At the Spring House in 84, we still cook all day long just for you. So even though your life is filled with running, we can make sure that you still enjoy an old-fashioned holiday. Call the Spring House now to order fresh turkeys. Not frozen, mind you. Fresh. The only kind Grandma used. The aroma of a turkey roasting in your oven will fill the house with promises of what's to come. Let us prepare side vegetable dishes like Aunt Emma's breaded broccoli, sweet potato pie, or even real mashed potatoes. And don't you forget to order the dinner rolls and, of course, our own homemade pumpkin pies or even apple crumb. They seem to be the favorites this year. Call 228-3339 now and let us help you enjoy a real old-fashioned holiday. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7-365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Do you ever think about getting a Roomba? That's so weird. You would ask me that. Just yesterday morning, I was down in my living room and I thought, well, what about a Roomba? What about one of those? Yeah. I'm not, I don't have one, but I did think about it. Well, have you ever seen them up close? Have you ever inspected one? I, I don't know if I ever have. I've seen them online. Yeah. I don't know if I've seen them in person. I've held, I've held one in my hand. Someone I know has a Roomba. And they seem, uh, now I've not seen them in action. My, you know, a friend of mine who does not have pets, which I believe is a big disclaimer. I mean, if that thing turned on with my cats, they'd lose their ever-loving minds. They sell a um, pet model, Roomba does, which apparently is, you know, a larger engine with bigger bristles. But, you know, you got pets. You know how quickly that would fill up? When we had our, oh, our two yeah. dogs, we, we specifically bought like a, a pet vacuum cleaner. And it did the job fabulous, really great. The idea of a robot roaming around your house doing your work, I mean, here we are, right? This is the beginning of it all, don't you think? Yes. We've already sort of crossed that line. Yes. But the Roomba is a sort of like a one-and-done robot. It does one thing, and depending upon your point of view, it does it fairly well. 
Well, now there is a new generation that, you know, they're saying should be here two years, three years, maybe at the outset, five years, who do multiple things. Sort of like, remember, Rosie from the Jetsons, oh, right? Oh, yeah, of course. And Rosie did everything well. And wore an apron. And had a little sort of snarky sense of humor about herself as well. So Amazon, no surprise, is premiering a new robot It'll take place later this year, within the next, obviously, you know, four weeks or so, that de- <laughs> delivers small things to you, like like what, like what? I need I need the pillbox. I need the butter, <laughs> right? And I can- and I'm not yes. And it also because it's Amazon, it has the Alexa app thing on it. And Alexa, get me the butter, right? And it also has a telescoping camera. That is now according to Amazon. That can broadcast what you're doing personally to all of the people in your neighborhood. <laughs> the telescoping camera is on the lookout for intruders in your home. <laughs> Which wait, wait, is so, kind of a bit wait, of a stretch. Wait, well, so the robot's bringing you things. It's also looking for intruders. Right, but I would imagine by the time <laughs> it's the like int- a lot. If the, the if the robot is giving you butter and of bad guys breaking in your house, it might be too late. What do you think? And is, is the robot also going to fight off the intruder? No, should, no, no. Should they cross the but threshold? But because it has Amazon, perhaps, you know, Alexa, it may have the opportunity to call 911, which, again, may be too late. Okay? Now, that, that's... I mean, it'd be better to have a friend. The rise of the social robots. I'm surprised you brought that up. So the French have a new robot in process called Buddy, B-U-D-D-Y, and Buddy will roam around your house <laughs> again in search of intruders. <laughs> but it's a lot of concern about trespassers. Yes, but it is different in one crucial way, that it's meant to be an emotional companion as much as it is a gadget. Now, this is the talk, right? So people in, you know, if you're alone, you're you know living alone, or you're in a managed care facility, they're saying that they're hoping to create emotional companions, that there is an exchange between the robot and the human being, that he'll become sort of like dog-like, your pal, your buddy, right. your companion. Except he's not a dog. Right. So France's Ministry of National Education said that they would uh, get to work on this machine. There are already 1,700 of these things that are already in operation. That's creepy. And the French are excited by it. I, would you have well, one of those? I, I'm not taking the French's word for it. Like the a, French are excited about it. Like the populace has voted, and they say yes. We're excited. I mean, I would imagine in our lifetime, I would imagine in the next 10 to 20 years, we'll see the rise of social yeah. robots. Okay. Did no one see Terminator? Do we not recognize the danger here? Right. I mean, come on. Well, I, I think it's... We're, we're, it's engin- we're, we're allowing machines to engineer our own demise. What if you went to church and you had a robot pastor? Forget it. You know that's going to no, happen. No, you know it's going to happen. Right? We're short of pastors. I'm looking for... How about... You know, people get upset about the bulletin in some churches. Either, I like the, I either like they're, the they're upset that there is one or upset that there isn't one or whatever. Have information. What if there was a robot to just answer questions? If someone said, what's coming next? Oh, that'd be is nice. Is there another anthem? After, oh, what, during is, service, you right, mean? Is the, is the pastor going to talk about money? Well. And then you could, you know, choose to make your exit and come back in. You know, I, I would just think, though, you know, there is a, a, a shortage of faith leaders in this country oh so we're oh so the robot's gonna fill this what if you know what if our friend dave out there in in the dakotas 
Yeah. Right. I mean, who's out in the in the South Dakota, North Dakota, uh, acting as a pastor for? Well, a hopefully, congreg- someone that has human DNA. I'm just saying. I'm taking this to the extreme. If you're a person of faith, yeah, and you wanted to go worship on a Sunday, and your pastor was calling in sick, and there was nobody else who's on you know worship duty, then the I don't know. I'm just, what. You're not advocating this, I'm not. Are you? I'm just pushing the extreme. Is a robot holy? Would a robot... Of course a robot's not holy. A robot's not anything. It's a machine. It could be something else. Would there be a day when a... Look, the the integration of human nature, right? They put a robot in your brain and you become, like T2, half man, half robot. So mm-hmm. am I half holy? What about the liquid metal guy? Should we right? be concerned about him? Who, the liquid metal guy? Who's that? that? Oh, that T- guy, yeah. yeah. It's T2, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there could be a day that a robot is human-like, human evolution, and evolves to the point of soul-like. I'm just saying. Get out of here. Okay, That's, so there. Wa- okay, so I, I, I'm 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 going to take this seriously. There is a moment. There is a moment where what is essentially human. Yes. Becomes essentially human. Do you know what I mean? Or the spark of or, life, or disappears from being essentially human. Yes, right. Would you? I would call that a soul. The rise. I don't of the mean, soul. I don't know what to call it. I don't know what to call it. But it's 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 life. Yes. As opposed to machinery. Yes. There, I believe there is a and melding never, of the and, two. And I and I I will never believe that those two will ever be successfully melded. I think you'll be wrong. Okay. I think. At some point in the near future, 20, 50, certainly 50 years from now, I believe that to be true. Yes. And, and how is this combination I going have, to occur? I have no idea. I, I'm just saying. Okay, back People to, have dreamed okay, about, back, dreamed back about to the friendly made robot that's going to protect me. Buddy. Right. With a telescoping camera. From a home invasion. Right. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> I mean, if okay. you want to get me the butter, that's fine. But what? Okay, plus, can you... I don't know any of you out there who have cats, but if there was a robot moving around your house, my cats would lose their mind. You think? Yes. They might like it. They might ride on it. Play with it. That that cat that rides on the Roomba is pretty cute, but my, no, it would never happen. I just, I, I'm, now I don't even want a Roomba. I was considering it yesterday, but now this conversation, I'm, I'm out. No, that's extreme. That's, it would be nice to not to have to vacuum your floors. Are you sh- it would, but now you freaked me out and I can't go there. Well, it's not like it's going to like take over like demon you seed said or something like that. You said in 50 years, that's too soon for me. Mortgage Corp, DBA, Cash Call Mortgage, NMLS ID, 128231, Equal Housing Lender. Non-licensed in all states, including New York, offer based on loans over $250,000. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. With the holidays right around the corner, would a little extra cash come in handy? Instead of loading up those high-interest credit cards, get the cash you need the smart way. With home values at all-time highs and interest rates still low, Cash Call Mortgage can help you get the cash you need from your home's equity and get a low interest rate at the same time. How does a cash-out refinance mortgage and a rate in APR in the twos sound? We'll even cover the title, escrow, and appraisal fees. Need extra holiday cash? Want to pay off high-interest debt? Or just put money away for a rainy day? Then a cash-out refi from Cash Call Mortgage is the perfect solution. For a free quote to see if you qualify, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call us today. Call 800-931-6651. That's 800-931-6651. 800-931-6651. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I will say one thing. You know, 
I really feel like right now might be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them to cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. If you want to know if you're a dinosaur, next time you're with a group of friends, uh, ask this question. Do you miss your daily newspaper? And there will be any number of people of a certain age, there's that phrase, of a certain age, who go, man, I miss my daily paper so much. Now, there was a time, I mean, uh, you know, I've talked about this multiple times here. I'm a newspaper freak, a geek of all things newspaper. There was a time, I mean, I used to deliver newspapers as a kid, and so that developed a lifelong habit of reading the daily newspaper. Mm -hmm. First the Post-Gazette, then the Pittsburgh Press. And then when I went to New York City, I often read four newspapers a day. Four, daily. It was like a full-time job for me. I couldn't get away. Now... You are hard-pressed. I mean, I, I still get the uh, the New York Times electronically. I get the Sunday Times only because I can get it cheap. I can get the, the, the New York Times uh, hard copy Sunday cheaper if I get the electronic version. So only one day a week am I reading. And how often new- does that Sunday Times show up? Uh, not often. I, I, I developed a long-distance relationship with Mike from San Antonio, who's my newspaper boy. Living in San Antonio, who who I go down to the drive uh, driveway at eight o'clock or so every Sunday morning, and I know the paper's not going to be there. So after re- repeated, I've got this guy Mike, and I'll text Mike and go, "Hey Mike, can you get me a paper?" I say the same thing every week. Hey Mike, can you get me a paper? And then a short while later, he'll go, "Sure, no problem." Like you did. Like you're not a subscriber. I don't care. It works. And then so an hour or so later. After we, you know, either before, right before we go to church or when we're coming back from church, generally there's a newspaper there, which I'm grateful for. However, having said all that, I read today that another daily paper 
And this paper, it's the oldest local weekly paper. Now, remember your weekly paper? Sure. Did you, we had the Braddock Free Press. We had the North Hills News Record. Okay. Is it gone? Yes. Yes. So the oldest local nuclei, uh, local uh, weekly newspaper has now gone out of business after 175 years wow. in circulation. And the weird thing is, it's in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which you may know, there are two fine universities in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Right. But after 175 years, owned by one family up until the mid-90s. And then after the mid-90s, the paper was sold, shuffled around to multiple corporate entities in those ensuing years. But as of last week, printed its final edition forever. Say farewell. Does that break your heart? It does break my heart. Because I, I believe still there is really great value in holding mm-hmm. the print paper in front of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, essentially for me, I kind of feel like it educated me. Yeah, it I'm sure it did. It taught me how to think. Plus, it gave me different opinions from all sorts of different news sources. Depending upon the, the newspaper, you know, the Post-Gazette in the, in, the, in the press, for years, they were really sort of, you know, they were in a democratic town, but they would also publish opinion pieces, stories from both sides of the aisle. Right. So you educated yourself. Now that doesn't happen. So I have to say, and this is going to make you even sadder, I haven't read a newspaper myself in probably almost 20 years. No surprise, because it's, first of all, it's hard to find a newspaper. Yeah. The Post-Gazette, I think, uh, or the press, was it the Post-Gazette? The Post-Gazette. The po- Publishes, I think, twice, two days a week. Yeah, Sunday and Thursday, Something, maybe. I think, which I've given up on. I could even care less. Now it's pathetic. It's like you know, twelve pages, and most of it's advertised. It's not even newspaper, right? Local news is the thing that suffers because local oh, news is the right. lifeblood. You're right. It holds so many people accountable, right? In I, their investigative reporting, in right. the opinion pieces, that's the need for a newspaper. No, you're absolutely right. What about the the uh, news outlets that you read every day. So you read certain ones every day. I read certain ones every day. Yeah. Sometimes they cross over. Sometimes sure, they don't. Sure, often they do. Um, so what do you read on a daily basis? Online. Online. Now, we're not talking paper now. The PG, the Trib, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post. I also check in with Vox. I mean, there's and then there's a ton of different, you know, smaller sources or, right. or secondary sources, but, it's, you know, the Dispatch, any number of things. USA Today, which is kind of a weird paper. Uh, I look at the Post from time to time. Sure. There's a lot of different things. But you you don't, you what you get is thin top layer. Yeah, you do. You don't get the no, deeper you're right. dive. you're right. You've got to work hard at that. You're right. You? I, well, I read pretty much the same major ones you said. I, I always read the Trib. I always read the New York Times, the Washington Post, Wall Street Journal. Those are I read those before ten in the morning, and then later on in the day I'll get oh, and the Dispatch, of course, that's the first one I read because it comes into my email box, and so then later in the day that's when I'll get into the smaller weeds, right. you know, the more particular things, you know, Christianity Today. I'll check out Religion News Service. But the great joy of a the tactile experience of the newspaper of of ink on uh, your yeah. fingertips. What about what about European papers? Same fate? Oh, without a doubt. Same fate. I mean the the industry itself is just gutted. It, you know, it's just it's gone. Newsrooms are gone. It just anybody who goes to school now for journalism? I know, what are you hoping to do? I don't know. 
You know, you, the rise of the independent journalists. You see this on the streets of Portland or wherever. People yeah. go, with no journalist experience whatsoever, I'm a journalist, I'm a journalist, just kind of making things up. There are some that are legit and they're very powerful and grateful for those small, singular voices, but it's a rarity. Anyway. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, uh, I'm really excited to have Robert Tracy McKenzie back with us. Um, he's a professor from uh, Wheaton University. I don't want that to scare you away. It's not going to be super heady, but we are going to talk about America, where we are today in our inability to communicate with one another, in our, you know, um, I don't know, tendency to stay in our silos and not listen to other people, yep. and how we find a way out. Really looking forward to that. So hope you stay with us. 5 o'clock hour coming up, just a bit. The Ride Home. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden will visit the Port of Baltimore today to highlight efforts to upgrade the nation's ports. The administration has announced new investments in U.S. ports, hoping to make the supply chain faster. Ports have been a major focus because of ships waiting to dock and a shortage of truck drivers to haul goods, delays that have led to inflation. Today, the president visits the Port of Baltimore to highlight the types of investments that his administration believes will help unclog the supply chain. Greg Clugston, the White House. The judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse murder trial sent the jury out of the courtroom and berated the prosecutor for questioning Rittenhouse about whether it was appropriate to use deadly force to protect property. Judge Bruce Schroeder heatedly accused lead prosecutor Thomas Binger of improperly trying to introduce testimony that he had earlier said he was inclined to prohibit. This is SRN News. Are you in high school and thinking about your future or know someone who is? Consider nearby Geneva College. Geneva is a Christian college that prepares students for meaningful service and for their life's work. Geneva College believes that God's Word in its entirety is the starting point of all wisdom and knowledge, and their faculty are Christian scholars who are masters in their fields. Geneva has over 140 majors and programs in fields like accounting, nursing, cybersecurity, biology, aviation, engineering, and more, offering varsity sports, study abroad programs, and lots of club activities. U.S. News & World Report ranks Geneva among the top best value universities in the Northeast. But don't take anyone's word about the quality of a Geneva education. Find out for yourself at a visit day where you can take a tour, sit in on a class, and meet faculty. You can register now for your own personal visit at a time that works for you or attend Geneva's open house on November 19th. Register at geneva.edu slash visit. That's geneva.edu slash visit. Maybe this is you too. A lot of people do not like their health plan right now and they're worried they're stuck with it. One that costs too much or doesn't meet their needs or for whatever reason, they're just not happy with it. If that is you, some great news. There really is another choice. It's called MediShare and it's such a great option, especially if you're self-employed, changing jobs or part of the gig economy. Here's what you get when you switch to MediShare. First, huge savings. The typical family saves $500 a month you also get a massive doctor network. Or you can just use the doctor of your choice or MediShare's free 24-7 telehealth option. And you get to be part of something you can believe in. 
MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. No wonder MediShare gets double the customer satisfaction ratings compared with typical health insurance. So no, you're not stuck. You've got a great alternative. Call now. 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Do you pay for your own health insurance? Are you self-employed, a gig worker? Are you a small business owner trying to help your employees find affordable benefits? If so, listen up. My name is Tom Yakupin, and you can save 25 to 50% or more on your monthly premiums and have benefits with first dollar protection on many common outpatient services. That's right, no deductible, no copayments. With many traditional health plans, you're functionally uninsured because of deductibles, copays, and other cost sharing devices that benefit the insurance company, but not you. With New Era Health Plans, you can access doctors, hospitals, and urgent care facilities with our freedom of choice nationwide PPO network, including Washington Hospital, St. Clair, Allegheny General, and UPMC. Call me, Tom Yakupin, 724-228-7187, or visit us online at NewEraHealthPlans.com. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 46. It'll be mild tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a high tomorrow of 66. Rain tomorrow night with a low of 45. Friday, some sunshine. Then it will turn cloudy and cooler. We'll see a high Friday of 54. For Saturday, cloudy and cooler with a shower in spots. High 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program are pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Sun is setting on another gorgeous day here in the city of Pittsburgh. Just fabulous. Kathy, uh, you were so kind. Uh, I want to thank you uh, on air here about the uh, focaccio delivery today. Mm, fabulous. Yeah, I was, at the bre- I was at the Breadworks on uh, Brighton Road this morning, mm-hmm. and, or this afternoon. It was right after noon. And uh, I drove by, and they have a different focaccia every day. Really? And today was cheddar and jalapeno. And I thought, well, here's the thing. I'm going to like that. Eric's going to like that. It's my husband. But we probably shouldn't eat the whole thing. It's a lot it's of bread. large. It's a lot of bread. But I thought to myself, if I cut it in half and bring the other half for John. Thank you. Then I can justify buying it. Yeah, I look forward to so it. So I did justify buying it, and I did. That's nice. Thanks a lot for a lot. And Listen, you're, you're going to like it. I can't wait to. I'm going to have some maybe on the way home. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. <laughs> no, I, well, I'll wait. Listen, Breadworks bread. It's uh, the and best. This is just it's, a my fav- it's my favorite. The ciabatta mm-hmm. at Breadworks. So delicious. We're so fortunate to have these guys. I know. I mean, seriously. They, they, and they've been around for a couple of decades yep. at least. Just and really the woman great. I talked to today said Her. that they're making pumpkin bread for Thanksgiving, yeah. not pumpkin bread like the sweet like a kind roll. of not, but like a roll, like a big loaf of bread that has pumpkin in it. Really? Now, how can you line? How that? can that not be fabulous? That's not. That is good. Okay. Hey, um, let me ask you something personal uh, about your bedtime. Jeez. What time does your head hit the pillow? What time? Generally. Uh, it's rare if it's before midnight. Oh, really? That surprises me. Does midnight. It? It's rare. I mean, I would Midnight. I would say it's regularly one o'clock. Whoa! <laughs> I left that behind a long time ago. Yeah, that's not. I'm not. I'm not proud of that. It's just I end up getting excited and doing things at night, yeah, and then yeah. it just goes from there. Yeah, I can't do that. So uh, uh, 
we're going to bed 10-ish. What? In between 10 and 11. You're kidding me. Yeah, I get all excited. It's like 10 after 10. I go, bedtime. Let's go. I like it a lot. I, I don't know what it is. This look, really? And like why, you. Why? Is this a, how has this happened? I don't know. It's been going on for a while. I think it's the pandemic imposed kind of thing. Like, okay. It's been very. Like Monarch Kerchief and I in my cap and just settled know. down. <laughs> but I, I'm reading about bedtimes today that, um, listen to this. Are you wearing a cap? I'm not. Okay. No, no cap. Researchers find that going to bed between 10 and 11 p.m. local time lowers the risk of developing heart disease oh, compared on. to other Get times of night. Get out of here. I'm just reading what the sources say. While bedtimes after midnight resulted in the highest increase oh. in heart-related declines in health, the team finds that even bedtimes earlier than 10 o'clock increase the risk of cardiovascular disease in adults. So don't go to bed too what? early. Don't go to bed that, too late. That doesn't even make any sense. Your what household's that, in trouble. What does that have to do with your heart health? Here's the deal. The body has a 24-hour internal clock called your circadian rhythm. Okay. It helps regulate physical and mental functioning, says study author Dr. David Plans from the University of Exeter. While we cannot conclude causation from our study, the results of our study suggest that early or late bedtimes may be more likely to disrupt the body clock with adverse consequences for cardiovascular health. Just saying. Study authors add that there have been plenty of research into the link between how long people sleep and the impact it has on their hearts. However, the relationship between bedtimes and heart disease has remained unclear. Okay, so yeah. now wait a minute. I don't buy it for a minute. What? Oh, like you got a science degree. No. All of a sudden, like, you know, you're the epidemiologist no, slash I'm cardiovascular surgeon. That. I don't, don't send me an email saying I'm anti-science. I beg you. But listen, I can understand how... Like running would improve your cardiovascular health, or eating cheeseburgers would be bad for your cardiovascular. It makes health. perfect sense. How does that make perfect the ancient, sense? The ancient, the body in some way. No, I'm not going to get. Oh too, no, this is going to get no. mystical. Well, in some ways, the body is in tune with the rhythm. Gary, of, if you could play cuts out the best with of the fifth the rhythm dimension, of life. I'd appreciate that. Akuna matata. I mean, it's the, it's all connected together. The stars in the sky, the rotation of the earth, the universe, and our body rhythm. It has to all be connected. It's God's plan. We're going to live at Stonehenge. It's God's plan. No, no. It's the truth. As your heart beats, so does the heartbeat of the universe. That's how it works. What do you say? Hippie. No, there's no hippiness. There's no hippiness about this at all. It just makes sense to me. It's all interconnected, you guys. Mm Mm-hmm. Seriously. Marilyn McCoo, wasn't she in the fifth dimension? What? I, I think I'm wearing bell-bottoms. She'd endorse this. I get big elephant bell-bottoms. Look, I, I mean, whoa. I agree. I, I, I feel instinctively Feelings aren't that facts. I stay up late, that I stay up too late. Feelings aren't facts. So, okay. So, so I... I might be able to sign on to the fact that, you know, maybe I should go to bed earlier. Yep. But I don't but I I can imagine that being more applicable to cognitive health or functioning, not cardiovascular health. What is The body is a mysterious and wonderful engine. <laughs> oh god. It is. 
It's a mysterious and wonderful. Which now we, we need have, like Olivia Newton-John music. We've yet to delve into the mystery of it all. So I, right. I, I, why could you not? I just, you wouldn't even entertain the thought that that might be true? No, I what? just can't. Because it just does. I just. Oh, come on. You're a smart lady. I think it's a, a fad. I think it's a, a fad. fad. A fad. It's Go, a fad. I'll tell you what's a fad at my house. Huh. Going to bed at 10 o'clock. <laughs> it's not a fad. We love it. All right. Have your forecast. Hit the button. All right. You? There we go. Hit the button. All right. Coming up next, um, we're going to talk about where we are in America, how we got to this place where everybody's so stinking mad at each other. And is there any way out? There is. Go to bed early. That's the cure <laughs> That's for not it all. Fix it it no will one. fix it. You'll feel better when Robert, you wake up. Robert Tracy McKenzie next. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New, new, new music. Life is good. New music from Courtney Ramirez. Promised Land from Toby Mac. Yeah, I'm wondering, where's my promised land? And Rejoice from Andrew Rip. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. As the world changes in an era of crisis, families throughout America are experiencing instability, fear, and great loss. While many are searching for answers in places of desperation, the position and mission of the church has never been more clear. It's time for us to leave the buildings and saturate the streets with redemptive hope and the love of Jesus. Saturate USA is a movement of churches and believers across America, uniting as one to reach every home with the love of the gospel. At SaturateUSA.org, you and your church can join the movement by adopting a zip code and receiving free neighborhood maps and evangelistic materials, including Jesus Film DVDs with free online streaming. Simply mobilize your volunteers, assemble your saturation packs with free materials and your own church's information, and then send out teams to distribute to homes. Let's partner together and see every zip code in America adopted for Christ. Join the movement at SaturateUSA.org. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrspittsburgh.com. That is windowsrspittsburgh.com. We've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe. QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. I don't care if uh, you're Republican or a Democrat. I think it's fair to say that you would say that this country is sick, that it's broken in some way, right? That 
what's happened to us over these last 10 years, 15 years, and especially with the rise of social media, has splintered us and turned us against each other. Where people used to gather together as family and friends, now we look at each other as suspects and people who hold different views about this country's future and the worldview that we are in. It's angered people. It's separated families. It just created havoc. Well, I, I see an article today in um, papers all over the country about um, uh, someone who was convicted uh, in the attacks on January 6th was handed down the stiffest sentence today uh, in all this, uh, the rancor that happened on January 6th. 41 months in federal prison, a New Jersey gym owner, a man by the name of Scott, uh, Scott Kevin Fairlam, who was 44, and he pled guilty to, to these charges to avoid a trial. And the judge said, you know, you, you did us all a favor by avoiding a trial because we didn't want to go into this. And Scott Fair, Fairlam at his sentencing said, this was not me. I was not the guy. I was duped by social media. I admit to that. And I mm. apologize to my family and friends. So how do we get here? And how do we get out? How do we get out? How do we get out? Dr. Robert Tracy McKenzie is with us today, professor of history, and he holds the Arthur F. Holmes Chair of Faith and Learning at Wheaton College. He's the author of a brand new book I'm holding in my hand. For those of you that are watching while we're streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh, the book is called We the Fallen People, the Founders and the Future of American Democracy. Dr. McKenzie, welcome back. Uh, Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Yeah, and you've written quite a piece here. Um, and, you know, for people who are history buffs, this is going to be very interesting, the book called We the Fallen People. Um, but I think the things that you're bringing up are applicable for any one of us who are just trying to figure out how in the world 2020 happened and then what happened at the beginning of 2021. Um, so let's start here, Dr. McKenzie. Um, you write in your book, this is early on, um, you write that a survey shortly before the 2020 election found that fully two-fifths of the respondents didn't personally know a single individual who planned to vote for the candidate they themselves opposed. How can that be? (laughs) Well, what you're putting your finger on, Kathy, is just a a pattern that has uh, been increasingly uh, dominant in American life uh, because of the rise of social media, which can withdraw into uh, these silos uh, or echo chambers of the like-minded, uh, and literally we just have lost uh, the art uh, of engaging with people who differ with us and having conversations that can be contentious but also constructive. We just don't know how to do that anymore. Interracial, interracial marriages, you write, are now far more common in the United States than weddings of Republicans and Democrats. Uh, well, that's right. I mean, I think in many ways, uh, uh, political affiliation has has taken the place for many of us uh, of religious identity, where there was a time when uh, you might have been troubled if your son or daughter was uh, going to marry someone from a different faith. We don't much care about that anymore, but we are absolutely uh, deeply troubled uh, if uh, a marriage crosses that partisan divide. Uh, So this is just it's emblematic of our larger pattern, which is that we increasingly see one another not as uh, involved in a common undertaking in which we might disagree about strategy. Rather, we're we're simply we don't believe in the same things. We don't cherish the same ideals uh, and we're enemies uh, as opposed to just opponents. So before we talk um, 
about the the thesis and some details of your book and the argument that you're making, Robert, I want to ask you about just being a professor and and talking every single day of your professional life with people between the ages of 18 and 22. Um, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Um, what are students thinking about where we are right here, right now in America? Uh, that's a really good question. I don't know if they are as as, as troubled as I am, okay. but I do think that even, even at a place like Wheaton College, uh, some of the uh, contention that characterizes our public life is, has found its way uh, onto uh, our campus. Uh, and so in a way that I would not have found a, a decade ago, uh, I think many of our undergraduates are sort of publicly identifying according to their political affiliation, that political affiliation matters more than it ever has uh, before. So I think it's uh, affecting them um, uh, as as much uh, um, uh, as, as the society as a whole. Okay. And, and, of course, Robert, you know, you look back to uh, the 60s and the Cultural Revolution then, and a lot of people were, you know, would draw some, some lines back to the 60s about that, that there was a, a hopeful optimism a young pe- among young people, you know, end the war in Vietnam and, you know, peace and love and all that. Do you see that at all, that sort of hopeful optimism on college campuses? Well, you know, I can't speak to college campuses generally. I think and Wheaton may not be the most uh, representative, but, sure. but I can speak uh, to what some survey data is, is showing. One of the things that really troubles me in terms of a generational divide in the United States today uh, is that the younger you are, the less likely you are to be committed to democracy as an important uh, f- uh, feature of a good life. Mm-hmm. If you were born before 1940, surveys suggest that about uh, at least three quarters of respondents believe that it is absolutely essential to live in a democratic society. If you were born after 1980, uh, that ratio falls to about three in 10. Really? So less than a third of young Americans would answer the question about the importance of democracy uh, and claim to believe that it's really important. That's So why is that because they're disillusioned with democracy because they haven't learned enough about it? Or because they don't feel like it's it's actually worked. So I think there's probably multiple things going on. Part of it is simply when they were born. Uh, so you know the students that I encountered today were born a decade after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, they don't remember the Cold War. They don't remember a time when uh, Americans really thought of democracy as being under a siege from mm-hmm. uh, abroad. Uh, And so the idea that democracy is fragile and precious and to be sacrificed for really isn't part of sort of their mental universe. But also, I think they have grown up then in an environment in which the the parties are so deeply polarized and so deeply suspicious of one another uh, that they're hard pressed to point to success stories where they would say, ah, here's an example where government has really worked and done something concrete that makes our lives better. Right. And so that's so the fallout we see on uh, news sites every day is is bearing fruit. Right. So all of the dissolution between parties, the inability to communicate Democrats and Republicans, the stalemate that, you know, we had to, you know, discuss an infrastructure bill for about four months before we could, you know, mm-hmm. before we could get to one. And we still couldn't agree up until the very end what infrastructure actually was. Um, so you're saying that young people are seeing that and they're saying, you know what? It's really not that important. We might as well. We I could move somewhere else and try something else. I think that is part of what's going on. I, I agree. Uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln a long time ago uh, said that one of the things that might weaken democracy 
uh, was uh, enough people simply believing that the government no longer cared about their interests uh, or was really relevant to their lives. And when that happened, Lincoln said, enough people might believe that they didn't have anything to lose by uh, flirting with other alternatives. And that's sort of what I sent. Uh, the idea that we just don't have that much to lose because the system isn't working in its current state. The new book is called We the Fallen People. I'm holding it up here if you're watching. We're streaming live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. We the Fallen People, the Founders and the Future of American Democracy. Talking to author Dr. Robert Tracy McKenzie. Uh, Robert, so in your book, you take a look back. Um, you uh, re-engage the founding fathers and you talk about what their when they envisioned democracy what they thought needed to be remedied and the best prescription for dealing with it, the best prescription for coming up with a governing system that was going to work for the regular person. Um, so talk about what they did um, and how, how we lost track of it. Sure. So the book is the, the book really focuses in on the understanding of human nature. If there is one question that drives it is, how do we understand what motivates men and women? How should that relate to the way we think about politics? Uh, and the, the founding generation, in particular the statesmen who helped to craft the Constitution, they started with an assumption that men and women are capable of uh, acts of great courage and virtue, very sort of noble acts, but that our default really is self-interest. We are basically selfish uh, creatures. Uh, and what that means is, is that when we have power, uh, we will not always use that power justly. Uh, the combination of our selfishness and power often is, is, is damaging to those around us. And so they structure the Constitution with that in mind. All those features that we think about, uh, the checks and balances and the separation of powers, those only make sense if you understand that the framers believed that, that effectively we are selfish individuals and that power is a threat to liberty. Mm -hmm. uh, and so to use a uh, a figure of speech that the Russian writer uh, Solzhenitsyn made popular, they really accepted the idea that the line between good and evil ran within every human heart. It didn't separate political parties. It didn't separate nation states. Uh, and they, they took that as an axiom in their thinking about politics. When I think about politics today, when I, particularly when I listen to the rhetoric and the way in which we speak about public events and speak about one another, the thing that cries out to me is that we're witnessing a society that does not uh, believe uh, with Solzhenitsyn that the line uh, between yeah. good and evil runs within our hearts. We externalize evil. We impute it to those who disagree with us. Yeah. We assume that if we just got the right person in power or the right party in power, uh, if the right movement wins out, then all our problems will be solved. Right. And we increasingly look at the other party, those that disagree with us, as fundamentally illegitimate, uh, as not deserving a voice uh, in the public square. Uh, and I think that is just devastating to uh, a free, open, pluralistic society. Right. Uh, and I think whether it's conscious or not, we're screaming our theology, our understanding uh, of our natures uh, in the way that we talk about one another. Yes, I agree with that 100%. That's a great assessment, doctor. I mean, you know, you said the word evil. I mean, I can't tell you how many times a day you will read the word evil in newspapers or whatever during your daily reading that the other side is evil. And that never used to be that way. How have we fallen off the cliff and that into even, the darkness? That even comes up in reporting, yeah. Robert, not on opinion pages in on in major newspapers. It's actually uh, opinion has inserted itself into actual like, you know, front page reporting. 
Oh, I agree. I agree. I mean, one of the ways to think about it, if you want to use uh, Christian uh, terminology, we we need to believe simultaneously that we are fallen, that we are selfish, that we want our want to have our own way. We also need to believe that each of us has created an image of God and bears the image of our Creator and has sort of incalculable worth. Uh, and the way I see the way we talk about one another is we, we pretty much deny the sin in our own hearts and we deny the image of God in anyone who disagrees with us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just po- it exacerbates that polarization that we see uh, everywhere. Uh, and, you know, as a Christian, I just long for the church to model a different way of thinking and a different way of interacting. Whether it's politically effective or not is not the most important thing. What is it saying uh, about one another, and is it in conformity with what God has revealed? That is the question that I think uh, ought to animate us most. Right. Yeah. So as you ask that question, and I'm sure you've spent much time thinking about that, is there a, a definitive answer? Is there a way out of this? You know, I'm, I, uh, I am concerned. I'm deeply concerned for the current state of American democracy. I'm deeply concerned about the testimony of Christians in the public square right now. I'm not giving up uh, at all. I don't think we've passed a point uh, of no return, but I do think we need to begin to uh, ask ourselves, uh, is the way that we are engaging the public square in any sense uh, an expression of the deepest uh, deepest beliefs that we believe uh, the Scripture would impart to us Mm -hmm. uh, for the way that we love our neighbor? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think uh, I think the the battle begins not in um, defeating the other party, but in beginning to recapture a kind of language that is both loving and gracious, as well as asserting truthfulness uh, in our uh, public uh, discussions. Robert, our time's almost up. So. Um... Let me close with this. You write near the end of your book that um, you think that perhaps by returning to the days when American democracy was what you write as new and strange, we might see our contemporary democracy and the assumptions we bring to it with new eyes. So what what does this look back that you do in your book? What what could that provide to us to kind of, I don't know, maybe shock us into into reality? I would hope so. I mean, I think it would uh, help us to to rethink why we believe in democracy at all. Uh, I argue in the book following C.S. Lewis, there's two reasons to believe in democracy. One is because we have faith in human nature, and the other is because we don't have faith in human nature. Uh, And I think Christians have embraced, Christians in the United States have embraced democracy often for the wrong reason, uh, believing that it is a reflection of our sort of essential goodness. And when we begin to acknowledge our own fallenness, uh, I, I believe that that leads to more humility. I believe that mm-hmm. it leads to more charity in the way that we speak about those who disagree with us. Uh, and I would hope uh, it begins to offer at least a glimpse of another way of being and interacting than the one that is just so dominant and so poisonous in our public life today. Yeah, oh, and man. wouldn't that openness, if, if, if humility was, was the base that we operated from, that would create in us an openness to maybe not agree with somebody else. I'm not asking people to change their opinion necessarily, but I think it would create a, an ability to have the conversation right. that we've lost. Well, as believers, we have to model that, and we don't model humility very no. well in the sphere either, do we? We certainly don't. No. Um, Robert, it's a really terrific book. I mean, I, I bet I've only read half of it so far. I'm, I'm really enjoying it so much, so I really very much appreciate your work on this. Well, thank you so much, Kathy and John, both of you. And, and I just 
urge you to continue to um, uh, encourage your audiences the way that you are. Well, we're doing our best, as you are. That's Dr. Robert Tracy McKenzie, the new book, We the Fallen People, the Founders and the Future of American Democracy. You think about your day and all the different things that you've read, (laughs) all the different knowledge you've procured to work through whatever it is, you know, whether it's just casual reading or something specific you wanted to know about or something for work. Right. Or theologically, right. Mm -hmm. Um, Your Bible reading, all all those different commentaries, a deeper dive and, you know, some scriptural principle or something. So it's one thing for us. But then you think about your kids who are in college and the nature of their learning daily, their reading daily huge difference. And then you think about Grove City College and the the weight and the power of the theology mm-hmm. on top of the science, on top of all those other things. Grove City is way different in the learning curve. I think it's a lot in a good way, but it's a lot. We we talked to um, our daughter last night, who's a student there, and she uh, was talking about the, telling us what her test she has coming up this week and what projects and then what papers and she said and my daughter's been a good student our daughter's been a good student since she was a little kid she said i've never worked this hard in my entire life mm. she said just the amount of information i'm trying to store and keep in it's a big difference you're not skating through online for quality education gcc.edu this entertainment answer brought to you by exergen rosie perez stars as lucille and clifford the big red dog and likes the message the film brings you know, Clifford's a misfit. Emily thinks she's a misfit. I love the anti-bullying aspect of it. There's so much pressure today with kids, with money and status, social media. And there's people who can really get hurt by it. Here comes this big red dog, and it gives her a purpose. Clifford, the big red dog, rated PG. For more information, head over to theentertainmentanswer.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. JND Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll see partly cloudy skies for tonight. Expect a nighttime low of 46. It'll be mild tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. We'll see a high tomorrow of 66. Rain tomorrow night with a low of 45. Friday, some sunshine. Then it will turn cloudy and cooler. We'll see a high Friday of 54. For Saturday, cloudy and cooler with a shower in spots. High 43. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Makes sense. Does what make sense? The white noise machine. 
Well, <clears throat> it doesn't make sense for me personally, but I believe for a, a certain personality, it does make sense. That's magnanimous of you. Well, okay. Here, here's my here's my um, only connection to it. My kid mm-hmm. went through a period of anxious falling asleep. Yeah. We got him like a. It was a you know you know what it was it was a it was leftover from when they were babies and we had a little baby air purifier in their in their room mm-hmm. but it was just a little white whirling of a fan mm-hmm. it solved the issue that's white noise I think it's a, like a little sort of a thin blanket mm-hmm. of continuity that calms people down so I think it makes sense but not for you well I don't need it. <laughs> I'm not being you know, a brag, and I don't need white noise. I'm not saying that, but some people need it. And you know, I, if I if I was anxious and wanted to calm down, I would gravitate towards a white noise machine. Yeah, does it make sense to you? It does make sense to me. John. Hey, it does make sense to me, and I have one now. What? I got one from my husband for our anniversary. What? Really? Yep. What's it look like? I mean, can't... it's just a little. It's just a little unit like this. It plugs into the wall and it has like 25 different sounds it makes. Really? But the one that we both like is industrial fan. Whoa. Okay, it's just like What's a whirring like? because you know, I, I sleep with a fan all summer long and I like that, right? Yeah. That makes sense to me. It's it seems it 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 kind of blankets over a lot of other sounds. I don't like any noise. Okay. So, it's too cold to use a fan right now. Yeah. So now I have the white noise. It totally makes sense. White noise makes sense. Okay, does this make sense? Pet food. It's a scam. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. When we were growing up and we had pets, um, they ate what we ate. Julie? Wait. Cindy. Cindy, sorry. Cindy. Cindy Cindy ate what we ate. So did Spot. So did Chipper. They all ate the same stuff. And now it's a billion, billion, billion dollar. And I, you know, you go to the grocery store. They're like, it's refrigerated dog food. Well, cut me a break. And then, you, oh, my dog's enzyme and his digestion. No, can you kidding me? It's ridiculous. It's based upon our feeling, you know, our feelings towards yeah. our pets. Uh-huh. And believe me, dogs have survived for millennial without eating special food. Doesn't make any sense to me. Does it make sense to you? Well, it did before now. Okay, good. I changed your mind. No, because I'm still feeding my cats the stuff out of the can. Get out of here. (laughs) White noise makes sense. Pet food? Nope. WORD. I was sitting there and I seen the ultrasound and I just seen the baby. And at that moment, I wanted to keep the baby. She said, they go to heartbeat. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today, you can provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or five or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY, or go to wordfm.com. Should I refinance, or should I just ignore all these annoying commercials? Here's Uncle Ryan. 
I think of one friend in particular, he refinanced maybe three or four years ago. He got a very good interest rate at the time. And he's like, should I do it again? I don't want to be bothered with the hassle. And I looked into it. He originally three, four years ago did a 30 year loan. And with rates coming down over the last couple of years, we actually ended up putting him into a 20 year term. He cut about six or seven years off his mortgage and his payments stayed identical. Over the long haul, he's saving tens of thousands of dollars. And is it worth it? The answer is every single situation is different. So it's definitely worth it to look into, even if you have refinanced recently. Not only that, it might only take you personally an hour or two worth of work throughout the entire process, and we handle everything else. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Corp, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once, I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. I know that um, we are very late to the party on this. And because of that, we've sort of like pushed it to the side and haven't engaged. Who's we? Me and you? Yeah. Because every time we read about or... We should talk about these things before we go on the air. What are you talking about? The Chosen. Uh, Oh. The Chosen. The miniseries. That's going to make me feel bad. Okay. So I just... uh, This is... uh, It's a character flaw in me. It really is. And I I apologize for that. Uh, uh, We who are lovers of Jesus can quickly fall into Christian cheese Mm -hmm. as far as our entertainment choices. And I'm not trying to be, you know, holier than not holier, a snob, I guess is what I should say, because I think I don't want to watch that. That's it's bad production values. It's bad writing. It's a bad actor. It's just so I kind of get I do. I get a little Mm -hmm. snooty about it. And I I apologize for that. just to myself, because I'm sure I'm missing many wonderful and good, great story-making opportunities. I know that. So when word first came out about The Chosen, I was like, oh, really? You know, The Chosen, if you don't know, and again, I'm coming late to the party here, the highest self-funded draw of anything in Christendom. I mean, tens of millions of dollars were raised for the writers and the producers, the directors, the actors to put this season one, I think it's only eight, eight episodes, to put it in production. Now word is that there's a season two and there's talk of uh, more. So 
The Chosen is the story of the life of Jesus Christ. And my wife's birthday was over the weekend. And I thought, I'm going to get this, you know, so we can watch this together. So I paid for it because, you know, you, you want to pay the, the, the production values of it. And it didn't cost me a whole lot of money, 20 dollars or something like that. Listen, it's fabulous. It is first rate. There is not a hint of cheese in this whole series. It is so God-honoring. It's so emotional. I love it. I mean, I, I, we're watching, you know, let's watch this. Let's, and, you know, we're binge-watching stuff, and you kind of go, oh, I didn't need to see that. You know, I watched Squid Game. I'm watching Squid Game, and I hadn't seen The Chosen yet. What, are you kidding me? <laughs> what a poor man I am. Poor. So I'm enchanted, enamored, in are you love really? with, the, really? with The Chosen. Really? really Tell really me am. why. Okay, let's, let me break in. Yep. I haven't seen it. I know you. I haven't. feel badly about it. Don't. I'm a little I, mad you brought it up. Well, I bring it up only because. I just I. I even had somebody give it to me, David. If you're listening, somebody gave it to you. you somebody got gave it? it to me. I haven't even watched it yet. Oh, so you've got it. It's like you have it on DVD. Yeah. Oh please. So I just. There's no bad. excuse. So, okay. So I. Okay. Why? Why do you like it? Tell me. It is so intimate. The storyline is so intimate. You. I mean, like Mary, you fall, you fall right away. The first episode is Mary Magdalene. And of course, you and as a believer, you know, you've read your Bible. So, you know, you're already sort of tracking along with the story. So, you know, like a new story, you have to sort of figure it out. Well, there is that because there's so much, so many good tendrils of the mystery of what is about to take place. The storytelling is so well done. The writers, whoever has written this. Now, this is uh, Dallas Jenkins. Okay. You know, I don't know him. You know Left Behind. Oh, okay, yes. His okay. son. Oh, okay. Right? I mean, fabulous. So the production, the sto- every every great movie, every great miniseries, every great series you watch, it all starts, of course, in the writer room. Right? If the story's not t- well told, then it doesn't matter what the production values are or what the acting is. It's the writing of the story. And I think that's where oftentimes Christendom gets tripped up in the writing of the story. The writing is just off the charts, really. It is so beautiful how they, the mosaic of all the different storylines coalesce. That first episode, I believe, is 58 minutes long. And some of them are shorter. Some of them are 35 minutes oh, really? long. Yeah. Okay. So it's all over the map. Because, like, you know, they're not, they're not bound by a clock. Right. So it's a narrative. It's not told from like Jesus perspective. It's a no. It's, a third... it's told by multiple characters perspectives. OK. So, you know, how's it different than Franco Zeffirelli's Jesus of Nazareth or the Jesus movie that from was it? You know, made that university the, or. Well, you know, the what? rise of streaming has created all of us, I believe, with a different skill set. Yes, now. I think you're we right. We are all, yes. we've all become we more expect, astute. Yeah, and we, ex- we expect different things. We're right. be- I think we're better viewers now. We are much better viewers. And our story, we're, we're better writers, we're better directors, we're better producers. I'm just talking about us as viewers. We all mm-hmm. inhabit, because we've watched so much that our everything's risen up to a higher level. So I believe that the filmmakers themselves now have also risen up to a higher level. This is the golden age of golden age. There is so much production that's being done right now and so much excellent production being done. So why would it not include all of Christendom? And that is, I think, the antithesis of the beauty and the excellence of what the okay, show is so about. Okay, so are you saying that 
it's that you think it's you like it so much more because the production values are higher than they were in these other. I like it better because the story, the writing is so excellent. That starts. That's you know the cornerstone of any any story, right? The storytelling, the writing of the story, Hmm. the storytelling is so well done. How it's told, the narrative, and then along with that, the values, of course, the director, the acting, all that around. Everything works. There is not a false start. And, of course, you know, the cheese barometer goes up. Oh, oh, I don't feel the cheese. Really? I love it. So since you own it, do yourself a favor and check it out. Okay. So what... If you're talking to me and you're saying, why should I watch it, what's your answer? Because every time we talk about things, every Friday we say, what are you watching? And you kind of make your case for why I should watch something, and I make the case for why you should watch something. I I think this. Anytime, anytime I think, and even though we do this for a living, and anytime someone talks about Jesus, I find it interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to know, what what are you thinking about Jesus? What are you... Tell me that. What, what is it about you? So if a film company is producing a whole miniseries about Jesus, that interests me. It does. Despite my, you know, residence about the cheese factor. I just think you're telling a story about Jesus from a 21st century perspective, and you're doing it for me, who I've become, you know, <clears throat> oversaturated with that, and it's done well. That's the reason to watch it. It's Jesus done well with everything clicking at the A-plus level. You sold me. Okay. All right. Watch it if you can. Hit the button. All right. When we come back, a treasure hunter got lost in Yellowstone looking for a millionaire's hidden trove. And then all sorts of stuff, crazy stuff happened. And The I treasure mean, hunt story. Got out of control. Also, we got John with celebrity birthdays. Oh. And uh, Prince Harry said he warned Twitter about January 6th. Prince really? Harry. Come on. Good job, Prince Harry. At the Original Mattress Factory, we know that a middleman adds little actual value. Unfortunately, most mainstream mattress brands sell their products through a retailer. This only adds more cost that gets passed along to the customer. At OMF, we choose to eliminate the middleman and sell directly to you. This factory direct approach allows you to buy a great product at the lowest price possible. No middleman markups here. Visit an OMF location today to see the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Original Mattress Factory customers understand the value of buying local. Because we hand-build our products in our local factory, our customers can see exactly how their mattress is made. They can see and feel the difference in quality for themselves. Original Mattress Factory customers know that they'll be treated like a neighbor in our stores. They can rest assured that their dollar is going further thanks to our factory direct value. And their purchase supports their community. Visit an OMF location today to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Maybe this is you too. A lot of people do not like their health plan right now and they're worried they're stuck with it. One that costs too much or doesn't meet their needs or for whatever reason, they're just not happy with it. If that is you, some great news. There really is another choice. It's called MediShare and it's such a great option, especially if you're self-employed, changing jobs or part of the gig economy. Here's what you get when you switch to MediShare. First, huge savings. The typical family saves $500 a month. You also get a massive doctor network. You can just use the doctor of your choice or MediShare's free 24-7 telehealth option. And you get to be part of something you can believe in. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. 
No wonder MediShare gets double the customer satisfaction ratings compared with typical health insurance. So no, you're not stuck. You've got a great alternative. Call now. 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. weird story that we talked about a couple of times over the years that um, a guy uh, by the name of Forrest Fenn, who was uh, an antique dealer, of all things, from Santa Fe, New Mexico, he wrote uh, a 2010 autobiography, and it's called The Thrill of the Chase, Mm -hmm. and it contained in this book cryptic clues that, if correctly interpreted, supposedly led to a 13th century treasure chest teeming with gold, jewels, rare artifacts, and other valuables with an estimated worth between $1 and $3 million. 2010. Mm -hmm. Now, multiple people went in search of that treasure. It was eventually found, but not before four people died and multiple other people suffered hard injuries in the far, far reaches of this country. Now, a story today in the Washington Post that a treasure hunter who got lost in Yellowstone looking for that hidden treasure trove must repay the fees that it cost to go rescue him in the folly. <laughs> so he went out. That's too bad. Looking, and within 24 hours in Yellowstone, he was wet and cold, and it was nightfall. And, of course, Yellowstone is filled with grizzly bears. So uh, somehow he was able to reach out and get a park ranger helicopter to come in and rescue him in the dark of the night. It cost about $3,000 for the federal government to do this. Now, this man, Mark Landis, said, I'm not paying. I pay my taxes. You should have rescued me. So the government sued, and this guy, Mark Landis, lost in court. So he's going to be paying. Yep. And the the uh, treasure that he was supposed to find, that's not going to offset the uh, cost. He did not find the treasure. No, no he one did person did find the treasure, and it was worth some $3 million. Okay, I don't remember that part of the story. Oh, I yeah. don't remember that somebody found it. Yeah. Somebody found it, uh, I think, about a year or so that's ago. That's really interesting. I remember the whole flap about yeah. the clues, about all of the you know horror that resulted. Yeah. Like this guy's situation. I didn't remember that someone yeah. actually found it. I'm sorry. I don't know the particulars of the, you know, the minutia of the details, but the treasure chest was eventually found. Okay. Does that remind you? Have you seen the Ballad of Buster Scruggs? The Coen oh, Brothers yeah, film? yeah. Remember the, the, the short story about the guy looking for gold? Yeah. Doesn't that make you think of that? It's, it's a, pretty much the same story in a way. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like to find buried treasure, right? I mean, look at the guys who, you know, found the Titanic. They spent, you know, millions of dollars and decades. And now that technology has altered the way people go and search for, you know, shipwrecks. It's very cool. Okay. Speaking of going in search of things, um, I think maybe Prince Harry is going in search of publicity. I read today in the Wall Street Journal that Prince Harry says that he warned Twitter. Mm. Jack Dorsey, he's the CEO of Twitter. Prince Harry said that he warned him about the January 6th situation. Okay, so Prince Harry says this, quote, Jack and I. Jack and I. Jack and I were emailing each other prior to January 6th when I warned him that his platform was allowing a coup to be staged. Mm -hmm. That email was sent the day before and then it happened and I've not heard from Jack since. Because Jack doesn't care about me. What is the deal with Prince Harry? I don't, I just, it's a, I, do you find, do you find the, the couple annoying? I try not to read about them or think about them because, mm-hmm. you know, they're refugees from a very hard life somewhere with the royal crown. And so now they've come to Wait, the shores really of America. Call them refugees? Well, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm being facetious yeah, yeah. here. Now they've come to America and they stuck, you know, struck a multi-million deal with Netflix and right. other people exactly. who are willing to give them millions of dollars just for being them. Right. So they left where they were because they were so hopelessly wealthy that they didn't have any options. But would you want that? So they've co- no. No. So they've come to America. And pretty much gotten themselves into the exact same situation. Well, if they're free they wa- citizens, though. If they're they no wanted- longer royalty. Okay, but if they wanted to be anonymous, if they wanted to live their own best life, they could go off and do it in the wilds of Montana and no one would ever know. But right. they can't do that because what they really want, they want the public attention while they want to complain about the public attention. Exactly. You can't have it both ways if you you're rich and famous. You can't have it both ways. Right? You can't. All right. Um, celebrity birthdays, John. Today, today's celebrity birthday. I bring two to you, right. uh, two people of renown, whose birthdays are today. One that you have a personal connection to. <laughs> it's very thin. Yeah, okay. it's very thin. Okay, so the first I bring you Tracy Morgan. Oh, I love Tracy Morgan. Do you? Yeah. See, I don't. I don't know much Tracy 30 Morgan. Rock? I never watched. I mean, I watched it a couple times. No, a couple he's very of episodes. funny. I mean, uh, okay. he was very funny in the two episodes I watched. He's very but funny. I, I mean, he plays an out of control guy actor on the set and uh, Tina Fey and I mean he's so, he's so clueless really this I love when actors play clueless and Tracy Morgan did it very very well then you Tracy, watch that whole show I don't watch the whole no but I've seen a, a considerable chunk of it okay yeah. but then Tracy Morgan uh, was involved in a horrific accident involving a Walmart truck do you know that I did not what yeah he was doing stand-up and after the stand-up act was over, it was like a national tour. Tracy Morgan, you know, and he was on a bus, like a tour bus, sleeping in the back of the bus, uh, you know, some middle-of-the-night thing. And the bus that he was in got plowed by a Walmart delivery truck, one of those big 18-wheelers. And he suffered substantial injuries. It's like the Gloria Estefan's story, in a way. remember? Now, as you might imagine, he had a good lawyer. He wasn't stuck in the Squirrel Hill Tunnels. And no. people stepped forward no. and took care of him. So, you know, all that to say. Um, is he all right? Oh, yeah, he's fine. Okay. Well, I don't know. You know, the intimate <laughs> condition. Did Tracy let you know he's feeling okay? But I, but I believe that he is okay. And now you see all him right. back again after a hiatus. All right. How old do you think Tracy Morgan is today, John? Uh, okay, well, Tracy Morgan, uh, early on in Saturday Night Live, made his fame. I would mm-hmm. say probably uh, that was in the early 2000s when he was a regular on SNL. Yeah. So I would say Tracy Morgan now has reached the uh, ripe age... I would say f- f- 51. 53. Oh. 
Okay, not bad. Very good. Admirable. Very good. The second one that I bring to you today is someone who you actually did a film with yourself. A film. That's pushing it. Sinbad. Sinbad the comedian. Mm -hmm. Today's his birthday. Yes. Did you did you play the body double of Sinbad no, like I did you did not. with uh, Alan Rickman? I did not. No. Do you, do you look like Sinbad from behind? Nope. Like you look like Alan Sinbad's Rickman. Sinbad's a from large behind? man. He's a very big, tall, funny, so not a guy. so not a body double. No. The film was called uh, House Guest. Okay. And uh, I had a line, okay. which was you know probably when you look at my career one line, but the 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 best part of the whole day was I was on set uh, at a house, I believe either in Sewickley or Wexford, and we were there was a party. And Phil Hartman was there. No way. He was, and he held court <gasps> with a bunch of like teens, tweens who were on the other side of the fence, and they were like Phil, Phil, and to watch Phil Hartman hang out with these young kids all day long was worth the price of admission. How old is Sinbad today? Tell me right now. Sinbad is, um, if you bring it up, I'd say Sinbad sixty. Sixty-five. Very nice. Happy birthday, Sinbad. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.